Welcome into another episode of the News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguars beat the Cowboys. What world are we living in, man? <laughs> what world? The Titans first, the Cowboys now. 17-point comeback. Uh, it just does not seem real. And I think we mentioned the last podcast, the, the, the memories of 1996 getting stronger with this team. It's coming together. It's, it's coming together. It is coming together. And... A big one on Thursday night against the Jets. Again, I, they have been playing out of their minds since probably that bye week and the Broncos game where Trevor threw that end zone interception to Justin Simmons, and it has just been a different team since that week. You take out the Lions game, uh, just a debacle up there. Trevor banged up in that game and uh, just got away from them quickly, unmotivated looking. But, man, they have looked – very, very good. Trevor playing absolutely like the quarterback. He should have been playing like all along. Now there's three games left in the season. Jaguars officially control their own destiny because while they're heading on an upward trajectory, the Titans are crumbling and falling apart down the stretch here. If the Jaguars win their last three games of the year, they're in the playoffs. Now, I've, I've been playing with this I, thing. Like So Kevin saw me earlier, and he was like, what are you looking at? Is that a calendar? Uh, Kevin's our for t- producer and photographer here over at News for Jacks. For you're diving into the 538. And, I, and I was all in. I'm, I'm playing scenarios. There is no there's, – there's only one possible way for the Jaguars to get into the playoffs without beating the Titans, and you would need the Dolphins and the Chargers to completely fall apart down the stretch, like not win another game. And then it's possible – but I mean, very it's, unlikely. it's very unlikely, like a 1% probability that both of those teams plus the other things that would need to happen. Simply put, the Jaguars just have to match the Titans the rest of the way. So if the Titans lose one, then the Jaguars can lose one. But the Jaguars have to beat the Titans in that final game of the regular season because if they, to tie that record up, after that it goes to your divisional record, and the Jaguars need that win to get the edge mm-hmm. over the Titans and send them into the playoffs. So uh, that final game of the season is shaping up for a huge one. Really good news is that it's in Jacksonville. So it should be a a very ruckus crowd. I've already seen uh, fans talking about getting tickets for that game. So I would expect that, especially if they win this week on Thursday night against the Jets, I'd expect that game is going to be a very quick sellout. Absolutely. And the Titans in any situation, but how it's felt now and I was talking to someone earlier about this, there's something about a winning football team that just does something to this town. I've been around it before. I've been in the, the press box at these games, walking through the crowd during playoff times, and it is just such a different mentality. I know it's different now. People have more distractions, but you can't tell me that in that stadium on Sunday against the Cowboys, you didn't feel that electricity of the fans and what it feels like for Duval to get behind a successful team in a situation like that. I remember the Patriots game in 2018. The place was absolutely cranked and rocking. That Cowboys game you were there Sunday probably had a similar vibe to that and just the electricity in that place. There were quite a few Cowboys fans there, but it was definitely, it was, so it was funny that the game ended in overtime and, uh, and everything happened. Everybody's freaking out. And so because the game went to overtime the way it ends from the press box, the elevator's held so all the coaches can get down. Mm-hmm. Jaguars coaches are coming down the aisle. I'm like right behind them because I'm like, okay, well, we got to get downstairs and get set up. Um, the elevator's held up. Whatever's going on with the elevator, there was a line, all those people. And the Jags coaches are like, forget it. We're going down the stairs that are right there. From, from where the press box is, mm-hmm. the top level of the stadium, they're going down the stairs. And I'm like, 
All right, I'm right behind y'all. If y'all clearing the way, let's go. There was nobody leaving. There was nobody on the stairs. Like we're heading down and we're the only ones in the entire stairwell, which I was like, everybody's still in their seats. Everybody is still in their seats freaking out by how big this win is because literally it was me, the Jag security and the coaches all going down the stairs and that was it. And I was like, wow, this is crazy. Cause it's I mean, a different vibe. We, we went down after the Ravens win and you know, that was a pretty big win. I went down the stairs that game as well. And I'm like in a sea of fans, like because everybody was going down the stairs. Nobody was leaving their seats for this game because I, I think partially everybody was kind of shocked at how it ended. Exactly. <laughs> and, and again, it's that unity, that excitement. And I remember in, in going back to '96, kind of preface the podcast with this: just the excitement in town. I remember being at Sneakers eating lunch back then, and just people were coming in and out of sneakers. Go Jags! Go Jags! We're so excited for. And it's just that excitement, the euphoria that it. It's successful NFL team in town, and it's not been like that for a long time. I know the 2017 season when they reached the AFC Championship game, that was kind of a late season thing. It, you know, just didn't have that same vibe. It was it, the place was rocking during the Bills playoff game here. Jalen Ramsey had the pick to to kind of ice it, but it's just a different feeling. That team backed into the playoffs. Uh, they lost a couple games into the season, still won the AFC South, and you just didn't feel it. This team has kind of caught fire. You're feeling that vibe with Trevor Lawrence. He's playing out of his mind. I mean, 14 touchdown passes, one pick over the last, what, six games. Um, just a great performance out of him. And there's something about this underdog feel, and it feels, again, a little bit like 96, where Jacksonville got hot at the right time, they had a huge Sunday night football win or Monday night football win. I think it was Sunday night football win. Tony Brackens had a great game, and you started thinking, hmm, could this be possible? And it's starting to feel like that right now. Jacksonville has to run the table to get there to win a, a, the AFC South, which they could do, but it's just that vibe, that electricity in town right now just feels so different with how the way this team is playing. Oh, it's wild. All right, let's look. Before we talk about the Jets matchup, let's look ahead a little bit. You know, let's dream a little <laughs> You've bit. You've already looked at every 538 I've, I've, I've already looked at every scenario. Let's say they get into the playoffs. If they get into the playoffs, the way things are shaped up right now, Baltimore would come to Jacksonville. Because keep in mind, they win the AFC South. That means they get a home mm -hmm. playoff game, which would probably send Duval into, into a frenzy of its own. But you'd get Baltimore to return to Jacksonville. Lamar Jackson's banged up mm -hmm. right now. So that's why they're kind of tumbling in the standings. So they may back into the playoffs. Maybe Lamar's healthy or, or somewhat healthy enough to play at that point. Uh, but nobody wants to play a team that's hot. Mm -hmm. And you got a quarterback that's ripping everybody up at this point of the season. The Jaguars' defense seems to have found their turnover mojo again. I, I like their chances against Baltimore and, round two, you know. Uh, it's so crazy to me that the Lions and the Jaguars are teams right now that I, I don't think you could find a team in the AFC that wants to play the Jaguars or a team in the NFC that wants to play the Lions in a possible playoff mm -hmm. situation. Those teams, I mean, if Jacksonville can keep that momentum going um, in the Jets game on Thursday and Detroit can keep that momentum going. I mean, Detroit's 7-7 right now. They have really pivoted things around. The offense has been crazy good. Those teams that pick one and two in the draft are teams that no one would want to see right now. It's exactly. unbelievable the turnaround between those two franchises. Exactly. So that, that would be huge in and of itself. Now, after that, things get a little messy. But, I mean, keep in mind in the past, the Jaguars in 96, the season that a lot of people have compared this team mm -hmm. to a little bit, the slow start, the finish strong to the end, squeak into the playoffs, they made a run to the AFC Championship game. 
there are some teams in the AFC that you would worry about, obviously. Uh, you yes. know, do you want to see Pat Mahomes again? No, do you no, want to see Josh Allen? You know, uh, and to make a run to the championship game if they squeak in as that four seed. Uh, more than likely, you're going to have to see one of those. Yeah, the Bengals to too. I don't think it, I don't think you want to see the Bengals if you're any team there, especially the Chiefs, Bengals. I think the some reason the the Bengals have the Chiefs number. Yeah, they do, and that that so actually, Cincinnati winning that division is a good thing for the Jaguars because that means you get Baltimore right. instead of Cincinnati. So that Lamar Jackson injury may actually help them in more ways than one. Right. Um, I said last week after the Jaguars beat the Cowboys. Uh, I think Doug Peterson should be a shoe-in for the Coach of the Year award. I think they need to, if they don't give it to him at this point, I think it's a farce, uh, and they should just stop handing it out. I mean, think about it this way. This team last year won three games. Mm -hmm. Complete turmoil. They've already turned it around. They're three games now away from a playoff spot. He took a quarterback whose rookie year was wasted and has him playing over the last stretch of the season like the top quarterback in the league. And keep in mind, the stats say this. I'm not right. making this up. So, I mean, if – if the season had started at the midway point, Trevor Lawrence would be firmly in the MVP conversation, and that's how well he's been playing. He took a defense that had nine turnovers last year and went three games to play. They've got over 20 turnovers. Remember what it, we said before the season started? We said if, if Trevor could get into that, remember, 12, 13, 14 quarterback range in the league, the Jags would have a chance at significantly flipping the season around, possible playoff team. And right now, if you look at the tail of two seasons, Trevor's first six games, his last six games, remarkable. He's there. And he, he's probably in that chasm. He's probably a top ten quarterback right now. If you look at the look at the two halves of the season, he's definitely a top ten quarterback in the second half of the season. We've got. He's doing the most with the least right now of the, of the top quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, think about it. He doesn't have a Travis Kelsey. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a like Christian Kirk's great. He's not Stephon Diggs. Right. Like like he doesn't have that guy. Like I mean, even. Even Lamar Jackson's got Mark Andrews, and I'd say Mark Andrews is a better tight end than Evan Ingram. And I'd say if you say pound per pound, Mark Ingram or Mark Andrews is probably a better receiver than Christian Kirk. Mm -hmm. So he, he definitely doesn't have a Jamar Chase. So when you see what he's doing, if you said you were starting a franchise right now, there's not many quarterbacks that you're going to be like, ah, I'd rather them over over. Uh, over Trevor Lawrence. Like, yeah, Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen are definitely in the conversation. Uh, Justin Herbert, maybe. Uh, and you'll probably like what you see from Jalen Hurts. But after those four, is there another quarterback that, that, that you think, if you were starting a franchise right now, I had to pick a quarterback? I would I would take Trevor. I, I like Trevor. So, Last year, I liked him this year. And I think we talked about the switch finally going on for him. Whenever that would be, it needed to happen. I, I wanted it to happen by year three. We've got a little bit of taste of that now, how good Trevor can be. And he, I mean, he has looked like that generational type quarterback we've longed for, talked about, hoped for, yes. um, that he was projected to be coming out of Clemson. Took him a while to get there, what, 25 games to, to get to that point. Uh, but he has gotten there, and man, it has been fun to watch. I feel like we've seen Trevor Lawrence really grow up in front of us these last six games. It has been remarkable to watch. We definitely have. I was talking last week and saying, man, how are we going to staff these primetime games that are going to come up? So I was like, there's no way the Jaguars aren't in Sunday night football. There's no way they're not on Monday night football next year. There's no way these things don't happen mm -hmm. because now, now you've got a guy, and not just a guy, a guy that's going to be in the conversation for the NFL and their offices for, should we be pushing him as one of the faces of the league? Right. So the Jags are going to be in some – even if they – let's say they fumble completely down the stretch. 
they don't make the playoffs. He's shown enough this year to elevate this franchise going. Yes. And to me, year three of Trevor was always the year for him. That that we've got this in year, you know, not not towards the full two years, but right in the middle of year and a half for Trevor has been remarkable. I think year yes. three is uh, is the ceiling for Trevor and this franchise. I think that Monday night football jinx will come to an end. It's over. If you can imagine, I mean, imagine this team gets hot. They finish 9-8, and eight, win the FC South, go to the playoffs, make some. Regardless, I think Trevor Lawrence has shown the NFL, the, the schedule makers, that this team is one you cannot avoid. No. I mean, they're too good right now in going into the future to not have them in a, in a marquee time slot. They will take be- away the Thursday night football. We want Sunday. Monday. Everybody gets Thursday night games. The, the Jags will be in primetime games in the future. I was debating with somebody. I said, they've never played on Thanksgiving before. They also have never had a Trevor Lawrence before. The NFL right. likes to put the faces of the league in those big games. I wouldn't say it's out of the out of the realm of possibility over the, before his rookie contract is up that the Jags are playing in the Thanksgiving Day game. Maybe, who knows, it could be in Jacksonville. You never know, you can get lucky. I mean, think about it. the Saints aren't a big market team. Drew Brees, all of a sudden there, things start happening. They're playing in Thanksgiving Day games, yep. Christmas Day games. Uh, it can happen when you have the guy. And Trevor Lawrence has shown enough. I'm already daydreaming about the conversations this offseason of do you invest in the offense or invest in the defense, which are good problems to have because he's already done enough but uh, a lot still going on this season the big game this week is the Thursday night matchup for those of you that are listening yes the game will be shown locally on a local television station is on Fox here in Jacksonville locally Uh, outside of that Thursday night football course Amazon Prime so uh, I've gotten a lot of questions about where Mm -hmm. you can watch that game you can watch it on Fox here in Jacksonville in the local market Uh, but this is a big game it's the beginning of the stretch where the Jaguars have three games left, and winning your end. It's that simple. So it's a must-win game of sorts, and for the Jets too. I mean, this is this Jets. is you know this is not a uh, I mean this is not a situation of you know week seven week eighteen last year was the Colts and the Jaguars, and you know both those teams playing for playoffs. Jags are playing for pride. The Colts had to win to go to playoffs. I mean, this is a game on Thursday night where you lose this game. You could miss the playoffs. I mean, this is two teams in that playoff race. They both have to win. Um, the Jets have been a little bit more of a turmoil kind of situation. Um, their third quarterback of the year is the guy they started the season with, Zach Wilson. He fell out of favor after basically blasting his teammates after passing for 77 yards in a, in a loss to the Patriots. Mike White became the guy. Joe Flacco became the guy. Mike White is out, and it's Zach Wilson. And to me, this was a matchup you figured you'd see in the playoffs, you know, in the, in the future. Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, head-to-head, one and two picks in the draft from last year, and it just hasn't materialized that way. But thank God for Frank Gore. Today is Frank Gore Day in Jacksonville, <laughs> if, uh, if you did not know. Um, should be a, a local holiday at some point in the future. Um, but Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, prime time on Thursday night. One quarterback's arrow pointing up, the other pointing down. I think Trevor's a guy we're going to see in the playoffs in the future. I don't know about Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson just hasn't looked great. There aren't many quarterbacks that you want to judge this early in their careers, but it just, from the beginning, it seemed like a reach for him, uh, or for that whole kind of thing. It just, it just was very reach-like because, uh, you know, he looked great on a pro day, and it's like, yeah, those – Throws are scheduled. It's not realistic. He had, you know, a little bit of success at BYU, but overall, I, I thought that was a weird pick. I mean, it, the entire year leading up 
we were all talking about it's Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. And all of a sudden, Zach Wilson was like this riser, like this phoenix, just rising from the ashes. Like, oh, Zach Wilson's the second best quarterback. And everybody's like, well, what happened to Justin Fields? Now y'all think he can't throw, which in the NFL, he hasn't looked He's good struggling. Throwing. But he is still a dynamic mm-hmm. playmaker and a team leader, as opposed to Zach Wilson, who is neither of those things. I mean, you, I mean, you could see Zach Wilson. I mean, I, I don't know what it's like in that Jets locker room, but I can't imagine it's uh, welcome him with open arms. I think you almost can make a case. Can he be salvaged at this point in New York? I mean, do you think it's... He's burned too much of a, a bridge up there in New York. I know Robert Salas said, hey, we're going to see this guy again. He's done damage c- control on that. said, you know, we're an instant coffee society. We want instantaneous success. It doesn't work that way. But when you draft a guy number two overall in front of a Justin Fields, in front of uh, a Mac Jones who had success last year, you expect him to be that franchise quarterback. And he has not been that. And to make some of the statements, to have the struggles that he's had, you have to wonder if Zach Wilson will ever be the face of that franchise. And you know, certainly uh, he's not on the, the level of Trevor Lawrence. So thanks again, Frank Gore. December 20th, 2020, he had uh, a first down carry that uh, seized, sealed an upset win of the Rams. That wound up being a uh, huge saver for the franchise of Jacksonville. And push them into that number one draft position. They were able to draft Trevor Lawrence, and uh, the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah, I, I think Zach Wilson's done. I think he's done. I don't think you can. Can't, you can't pull the plug on the guy. I mean, you basically, like, neutered the dog. You you, you pulled the plug on him. You said, ah, he ain't it. Mike White's a free agent this offseason, so they're going to have to make a decision as soon as the games are done being played. Like, what do we do, guys? Do we give Zach Wilson another shot and let Mike walk? Because Mike showed that he can mm-hmm. – play it at the very least be a high level backup and they're going to have to make a tough decision and if you give Mike White a a contract similar to maybe a Case Keenum got which was a starting quarterback deal you can't look at Zach Wilson and be like yo Zach you know we want you're still our Mm -hmm. guy no you we just I mean Arizona traded up to get Josh Rosen and (coughs) cut him after a season I mean basically just gave him away for a sandwich after a season um, obviously, the, the second pick in the draft and the 10th pick are a little bit different, but not extremely that different when you're talking about a starting quarterback. Uh, I, I mean, to, to cast Josh Rosen off after um, 16 games in Arizona um, showed how disenfranchised they were with him. I, I don't think that's the case with Zach Wilson, him being the second guy in the draft, him being a guy that Robert Sala has said, hey, he's going to be – in our plans in the future. I don't know if you jettison him after this year, but yeah, you're right. They've got some decisions to make uh, rather quickly. You know, there's certain positions where you find out quickly if they can play or if they can't. And sometimes those guys get into practice and you realize, and and a general manager can look at them and say, we missed, we missed. And then you see some of the guy's habits and maybe you you get the guy and you see his study habits and you see his drive and you hear a quarterback say something like, I don't know the defense an apology when he had a terrible day mm-hmm. and the defense played un- well enough to win the football game. And some of those things are enough for a general manager to have to look in the mirror and say, we messed up. It's not and working. I, it, it's not going to happen. And that's what happened with Josh Rosen. You see it with some other players. Uh, generally, it's not quarterbacks because quarterbacks tend to have a longer leash because you, 
invest so much draft capital into them and it's so hard to find a guy who's better than them because you see all the tools there but with with a Zach where he said that statement and his teammates immediately took to social media and were responding to it saying like I mean none of them you got like, 52 other guys in the locker room they, they see that, that you, you exactly. lost those guys in that moment and they knew Mike White like, they, they knew him from last year when he stepped up, came in, and they won games. So then Mike White goes in, and next thing you know, you look up, all the Jets guys got T-shirts on mm. with, with Mike freaking White on it, you know? And How Zach, do you come back from that? There's no I don't know if you can. There's no coming back from that. The best thing the Jets can do is try and sell while there's something left on the table. Before you've seen too much and burnt the bridge, get something in return for a guy that you're probably going to end up cutting. I mean, it's like Baker Mayfield. Like... If the Browns had pulled the plug before they got Watson maybe a year ago, before the book was out on who this dude is, you get something. You get something out of him. As right. opposed to eventually they had to cut him. And then he – or no, did they trade him? Whatever. They traded him. They traded him. Initially. They, for nothing. They, they initially traded him for basically nothing. And then the Panthers ended up cutting him because it didn't work there either. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked Baker. I, did, I, I think Baker at least has the leadership qualities in the locker room part. He just might not have the arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so overall, I I don't think there's any coming back from it. And if Zach Wilson was here in Jacksonville, I'd say the same thing, and uh, we'd be in a whole world of hurt because uh, all of a sudden the Jaguars would be looking for a quarterback. Thank you, Frank Gore. That's, That's right. All. Thank you, Frank. We've got to just continue to pound it home. Frank Gore is going to get a statue in Jacksonville when all of a sudden done. <laughs> it's, it's I liken it to Morton Anderson, uh, who who slipped and missed a 30-yard field goal in '96. Um, that would have ended Jacksonville's dream season. They would have finished eight and eight instead of nine and seven. Not made the playoffs. Not made the remarkable run. And after that, pretty interesting though. Morton Anderson. We used to have a, a sports awards show here called the Jaspers, and Morton Anderson was actually a presenter for for one of the awards. So I thought that was pretty cool. Jacksonville recognized Morton Anderson, and uh, maybe Frank Frank Gore will present Trevor Lawrence, uh, the Jaguars uh, Hall of Fame. Uh, when he gets there one day. We just need one more year, and the Jaguars will draft Frank Gore Jr., who's the That's running back right. Southern Miss now, and it'll all come full circle. It's, it'll be tied together yeah, perfectly. There you go. Tie, tie it all together. It'll be uh, Frank Gore Jr. on the roster with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, uh, you know, the other rookie in this game that uh, that people are going to have eyes on outside Trayvon Walker because we're not sure if he's going to play is Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner has been phenomenal this Remarkable. Season. Probably going to be the defensive rookie of the year, maybe the overall rookie of the year the way he's played. Um, you know, if, if, if anybody had an idea that he was going to play this well this early on in his career, he probably would have been the number one pick. Yeah, he has been remarkable. I mean, you're talking Patrick Peterson, Darrell Revis kind of shut down potential on that side of the ball. And Trevor's talked about him, how, how uh, good of season he's had. Doug Peterson has talked about him. Uh, they know that. It'll be interesting to see who he lines up on, if he's a Christian Kirk kind of shadower uh, during the game, if they stick him on Zay. Um, but he has erased receivers this season. And how about Darius Williams? Speaking about the cornerback, Darius Williams moved to the outside. Yeah. Has paid off All for of Jacksonville. All of a sudden he looks good. He looks yeah. good. He looks good. So two cornerback situations. Was sauce on Thursday and uh, Darius Williams. Well, he has played remarkably well moving outside. Yeah, now we know that the, the nickel corner is the issue spot that they'll have to work on this offseason. But, yeah, Darius Williams, he played outside with the Rams for the most part. They, they should have done that early on, but the problem was they never had an answer for that nickel spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now they're turning to Trey Herndon. Uh, 
actually update uh, our uh, our boy Greg our, Jr. Our guy, Greg Jr. is now on the up. active roster. Called him up. Uh, I I say, and maybe I'm the conspiracy theorist in the group here. Something's up when you when you sign a practice squad player. There's typically either two things that happen: either some other team was calling about him, or someone's hurt and they're not sure he's going to play on Thursday night, mm-hmm. and they might need Greg. Uh, I'm not sure which one of the two of those it is because the corners are supposed to be, for the most part, healthy, but the Jaguars have been doing wonky stuff at corner all year long. So it's possible somebody was calling about him, but who knows? With the way they've been rolling at corner, they might start Greg. Mm-hmm. They might just say, you know what? We wanted to get a look at him. That's what they, that's been their explanation for for playing Montarg Brown, for playing uh, Campbell on the outside, for playing Trayer. We wanted to get a look at him. We, like basically, they don't have a guy that they think really earned a starting spot, so they're just giving everybody. Yeah, shots. and that that j- kind of jives with what Gret or with Doug Peterson has said, you know, throughout the year. They want to see what tread is on these tires. These guys, I mean, they're. He said this during their their losing stretch, and you have to kind of balance it out of being playing for the moment and and still the season you have left versus playing for next year and what this roster is going to look at. Can these flyers that they took late in the draft? Stick. Can't, do they have anything? Do they have anything with Buster? Do they have anything with uh, Greg Jr.? I mean, they, they took him out of a school that had never had a draft pick. So, again, do you have anything with these guys looking towards next year? And I like what they've done with Brown. They've cycled him in there to see what he's, that he's got. And maybe, maybe Greg Jr. Uh, does something on Sunday. Maybe he gets some Thursday, uh, Thursday uh, some valuable reps and um, you know, to see if he's a factor in uh, the 2023 plans. Yeah, we'll get a look at him. It, possibly. We might get a look at him. We'll see. Some, something's up there. That's, that's kind of wonky. Uh, the one injury thing that we do have to talk about is uh, Cam Robinson. Meniscus injury. Probably done for the season. Mm-hmm. Probably done for the year. Uh, that means that Walker Little is going to take over at left tackle. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. Good news is you finally get to see what Walker Little is, who's a second-round pick. But he hasn't really played much in his career. Missed the last year at Stanford. Uh, so he hasn't played football in a long time. Bad news is Cam Robinson was playing pretty good. He was. And so you lose a leader in your locker room and you lose your left tackle linchpin kind of there. Uh, so Walker Lowe is going to have his hands full, but he's going to take over that spot. And I think, you, I, again, I think that's something you need. The Cowboys were calling on him at the deadline or even before the season. They were interested in him. Uh, according to quite a few reports. So we'll see what there is in Walker Little. And that was the insurance policy. Had they lost Cam anyway in free agency? Should they lose Jawan Taylor next year? So I do think this is uh, a good time to see what Walker Little is about. Can he project into a starting right tackle at the NFL level next year perhaps? Can he be that guy that is a swing tackle, takes over for Cam in an instance, so in an injury situation? So I think it's, uh, yeah, would you have rather this happen when there's no playoffs on the line or right. whatever, yeah. But um, I would feel a lot worse if it wasn't a guy that um, you know, has played. He was in a competition for starting tackle spot in the uh, preseason, so I don't feel bad. We're going to see what Walker Little's about, though, pretty quickly. That's my silver lining of it. You kind of hit it is that they'll actually get to see this guy in live action for the rest of the way. Um, and, you know, Walker Little hasn't played a ton, but they, they need him to be able to. And with Jawan Taylor, a free agent this offseason, and they're going to be kind of strapped mm-hmm. for cap space. You get this look at Walker Little, and if Walker Little looks great these final three games and possibly a playoff game, uh, the rest of the way you say, all right, we'll let Jawan walk. We move Walker to right. the right side, let Cam take his left tackle spot back. We're good. We don't have to worry about it. Thank you, Jawan, but no thanks. Right. And move on as opposed to if Walker never played because he 
obviously hadn't won a starting job. You're left kind of wondering. and You're left wondering, right. can this dude play? Because you really haven't seen much of him. So so there's a little bit of a silver lining there, even though it's not a great situation, right. but silver it, lining. Bad timing. I guess there's no really good timing for an injury, but no. fight for a playoff spot. Do you want your starting tackle to uh, to, to go out with a season-ending injury and protect Trevor's blind side? Eh, eh. Not, there, there could be better times, but um, nonetheless, we're going to see what Walker Little's got, like his potential possibly a first-round pick if he didn't have an injury and uh, opt out of a season. So you get first, second-round talent, and he's been in the system for over a year. Let's see. Let's hope for the best. And uh, the, the best scenario here to me is, like you said, I mean, see what he's got. He plays well. Best-case scenario, slides in to take Juwan's spot. Juwan cashes in on the free agent market. Good for Juwan. Good for the Jaguars. Everybody wins. So hopefully uh, that's, a, that's a situation that I think comes out of this. All right, so Thursday night football, Jaguars on national stage. I'm Can taking them. Done? I'm taking them this time. I'm taking. I picked <laughs> against them. Um, I'm two and twelve in our predictions this year. I'm clearly playing for uh, the number one pick in the draft, um, but I'm taking the Jags over the Jets on on Thursday night. I'm I'm leaning with you here. Uh, I'm not real like the Jets have been playing well. No, no, no doubt about it. They haven't been getting enough from their quarterback early in the year. Mike White gave them more. But I think the Jaguars are just playing at a level that the Jets aren't going to be able to keep up with offensively. I don't think that defense is really going to be able to contain what Trevor Lawrence has been playing like lately. So I do like the Jaguars in this game. Um, but the one thing I do have concerns about is the weather. It's supposed to be like 40s mm-hmm. and raining. Uh, probably one to two inches of rain for game time on Thursday. If that comes to fruition where there is cold weather and rain, I am concerned about how the Jaguars handled that. Um, obviously, we saw what happened in Philadelphia where they you know, dealt with it for the most part but uh, kind of fell apart in that game. Uh, I don't think the Jets are nearly as good as the Eagles, but the weather could be a factor. Mm-hmm. So I do like the Jags, but it should be an interesting game. It's a must-win kind of game. So yeah. playoffs, have, playoffs have already kind of started, even though a loss doesn't necessarily rule out some sort of scenario where they can get in. But We're not going to have you counting with your abacus and a calculator and a spreadsheet, Jamal, though, to, to figure out what scenarios is, exist with a, with a Jaguars loss. So a win is needed. A win is to save you a lot of legwork. There we go. That would save me a whole lot of legwork uh, of trying to calculate this stuff. So a win is what's needed. Win your games and you're in. That's it. Win it in. The easy scenario. All right. We'll see if the Jaguars can get a W this week on Thursday Night Football. Thanks for tuning in for the News for Jags podcast. We will see you next time.